Kales. And I'm Allison. And this is YBYA. And so welcome to Why We YA, which is a podcast for readers. Welcome if you are listening uh, to us for the first time. We're happy to have you here. And if not, welcome back. Uh, we are here, we being Kales, which is me. I am a booktuber and I work at a bookstore. Um, and then we have my friend Allison. Hi, I'm Allison. I am a librarian and a lover of YA books. And so we created this podcast because we believe that there is a market uh, for all lovers of YA out there to talk about how important YA is and you know we do fun silly things on here but we also have some really interesting conversations about the validity of YA and you know the content of it and this just amazing genre is it a genre that's a podcast we need to I know we need to we need to have a podcast explaining about how like YA is not a genre but people say it's a genre and it makes me upset um this type of book This type of book. And so, welcome aboard. Uh, Today we're going to actually be doing something a little bit different for our YA genres, because we're not really going to be talking about YA books. No, so we're going to talk about adult books that we think cross over well into the YA genre. So they may not meet the standards of YA, which are a teenage protagonist. No, that's seriously, that's, in publishers' minds, that is the only requirement for YA, um, is because, so like, if you think about it, J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye or Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird would be considered YA or junior fiction now. Yes. Yeah, so that's the standard for YA in the publishing world. These books do not fall under that standard. They would be shelved in the adult section of a library, which is how I think of things. Yes. Um, But we think that they are really awesome books for people who love YA literature. Yeah, that could cross over easily. I know that a lot of mine, the protagonists, are like in that weird new adult area. Yeah. But this new adult genre has not expanded beyond YA books that have more sex than normal, and I still feel like that that's, again, another podcast where we should talk about new adult books, but that's where I found it, was that it's, like, in this weird 18 to 20-something Yeah, it's, like, the very, very late teens, 18 to 23-ish group, typically, for my books, and then... There's, they have that same pacing that a lot of YA books have, where they're right. fast-paced and engaging and fun. So anyway, Allison, you want to give us uh, your first recommendation? Sure. So the first book that I thought of when we started talking about adult books for YA was A Curious Beginning um, by Deanna Rayborn, and it is a historical mystery um, about a woman who is a butterfly scientist, and I don't remember what it's called. It's the, the scientific title starts with an L, but... Um, she's like a lunologist. Uh, nope, <laughs> got it. <laughs> Darn it. Um, but so she's a like a natural historian, scientist of butterflies. Um, in a time when women do not have professions. Um, so it's her, and she at the very very beginning of the book um, is accosted, and she's like, but it was random. And then somebody's like, no, somebody's trying to kill you. Um, so I'm gonna protect you, and it's. This guy. And so she ends up going to London and meeting this um, very, very famous, but kind of reclusive and uh, like a hermit natural scientist that she's like a fangirl of. And he ends up being her partner in solving this mystery for who was trying to kill her and who killed her protector. And it's really funny. And they join a circus for a minute. And it's ridiculous. And it's fast paced. And it's very good. And I, it's wish you guys could, I wish you guys could see my face right now. Because <laughs> I'm thoroughly confused. But okay. It's a series. And the third one just came out. And I just got it from the library today. And it was the best 
feeling ever. Um, but it's something that I really loved, and it's, like, laugh out loud funny. Well, that's good. The One of the other thing I want to point out is that I have not read any of the books on your list. I haven't read... You've read one on mine. I have read one of the books on your list. That's hilarious to me. No, wait. Have you two. read two? I've read two, but they're both series, and I've only read the first book in the series. Oh, yes. That is right. Still. And the other thing about this one is it has a incredibly incredibly slow burn maybe it's romance maybe it's not romance and I, I know you love those I do I love it and so there's no like there's no sex in it like I don't even think there's a kiss in it but it's like tension lots of romantic oh, tension nice. that sounds good yeah um the first one I have to mention is an obvious one so much so that I actually thought it was YA at first, because so many people on BookTube were all about it, but it's not, actually. And that's the Darker Shade of Magic series by V.E. Schwab. And the characters all in that are, like, 18, 19, 20-ish, and I am still shocked that it's not YA. I don't know why I always thought it was. I just did. It reads and like YA. It does read like YA. Um, but V.E. Schwab doesn't always write YA. I don't know. It just was so interesting to me. Um, but it's an excellent book series that if you've ever watched my... YouTube channel, or probably listen to us, we've talked about it several times. Allison has read the first one. I have. She has not read the rest of the series, which is a crime, but it's fine. I, I have the second her. one at home right now. I know you do. I just need to read it. It's okay. <laughs> um, they're really excellent. It's a fantasy series about four different Londons, and there's Grey London, which is our London and has no magic, Red London, which is has a monarchy and has uh, some magic that's woven within their society, White Magic, which is a dictatorship, has a crap ton of chaotic magic, and Black London, which supposedly doesn't exist. And um, it's about smugglers who can go in between the different Londons and what they bring back and the manipulation of magic and what happens when someone who has n no magic or is not used to it comes to a London with magic. Yeah, it's really good. It's so good. It's very intriguing, and it has one of the best first lines of a book that I've read in a long time. Do you remember it? Isn't it Kel had a very unusual coat or something? Yes, it's something like that. It's something very, very cool, um, because the main character is, like, basically a dimensional tr traveler. Yeah. Um, and V.E. Schwab has said she based his coat on the Room of Requirement, that he can, like, change it out. That's To be whatever he needed. Right? Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's... A, definitely a world where you have to dive in um, and kind of, like, wrap yourself in it. And then the second one, there's pirates. Right. There's pirates. And there's LGBT romance. And there's, um, in A Conjuring of Light... Which is the third one. Which is the third one. There is a sex scene. But it's not a big deal. I mean, Sarah J. Moss is YA, so... Right? So whatever. So, like, where's the line? I don't even know. We shouldn't even have to preface that. Yeah. But that's okay. Regardless. <laughs> I don't care. It's, um, my boyfriend has a funny story about reading that book in class and getting, because he was substitute teaching and getting to the sex scene and he oh, was as like, a teacher. I have to stop! <laughs> he was reading it as a teacher in class, not as a student. That makes it so much worse. I know! It's a great story. It's so funny. And I'm like, haha. He's like, you could have warned me. I was like, but no. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fun in that. Yeah. What's your second one? Okay, so my second one is Uprooted. Um, by Which this one I see everywhere. I feel like this so book is following me around. No, seriously, I do. Because I've had booktubers recommend it to me. You've recommended it to me. I just need to up and freaking read it. This one is a little bit long. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's pretty long. But it's not like can full it long. It's right. like 
the Schwablong or, um... It's not even Sarah J. Maslong. It's not even, it's like, yeah, it's not even Sarah J. Maslong. But it's uprooted by um, Naomi Novik. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, It is a high fantasy where there's a girl and she lives in a town where about every 10 years a young maid is taken by lottery to live with, quote, the dragon, who is this wizard that's immortal that lives up the hill. And he supposedly um saves them like protects the valley from this forest this like encroaching evil forest if they sacrifice a woman to him every 10 years if he gets a new woman a new wife every 10 years and so there's a lottery um or no i'm sorry there's not a lottery he comes and picks okay and so it's usually the most beautiful or the most talented or whatever the main character doesn't believe she is any of those things um but she ends up doing something that catches attention and, of course, is chosen. Because we need a story. Because we need a story. And it's kind of Beauty and the Beast-esque in that way. I was going to say, it sounds very, very similar. But at a certain point, almost I almost feel like it's two books. It's almost like two stories. Okay. Because at a certain point, that, you know, she goes to live with him and she realizes he's not as bad as he seems, of course. But then... They end up having to actually save the valley from the evil forces in this forest. Okay. Um, and it's kind of Baba Yaga then. So, yes. So it's this kind of really interesting conglomeration of fairy tales, really well written, uh, with characters that, like, really pull you in. And it's something I picked up kind of absently, and then I ended up really loving. That's awesome. Yeah. The second one that I put in there was The Queen of the Tearling by Erica Johansson, which this main character is 19. Uh, Kelsey, Queen Kelsey is her name. This is also part of a trilogy that I, this book series, man, this book series puts me through the ringer. And still to this day, I don't necessarily like agree with the ending of it. But what I love the most about this book is that it is one that has a young protagonist and it's not romance based. It is all like political, how do you learn to become a queen based. And I say that because why I still think it reads like a YA is it's because it's a coming of age novel of this young girl who's been protected her whole life has now reached the age where she has to ascend the throne. And it's not easy. And it's not, they don't make it like this simple process, you know, she has to earn their trust and she's still a female amongst all these male guards. And then there's this other female who's threatening to ruin her kingdom. It's a big deal. And they still keep saying there's going to be a movie with Emma Watson and it's not happened yet. And I'm upset. (laughs) Do you want it? Uh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that at least you're not like dreading the movie adaptation. No, Emma Watson would be killer as Queen Kelsey. So the third book um, I have is the first in a series. It's called The Bone Season by Samantha Shannon. Yes, you have talked to me about this one so much. It's very good. And so it's a seven book series. Holy schnizbees. Right. And the third book just came out this year. So I read the first two and then I started reading the third one thinking it was a trilogy. And I got halfway through the third book and I was like, there's no way that they can wrap this up in half a book. And then I looked it up and it's a seven book series. And I was very upset. <laughs> I was sure. like, no, I thought I was going to get a completed story. Um, nope. But anyway, so the bone season, <clears throat> the main character, her name is Paige. She is 19 um, and she is clairvoyant. So it's in the far future. Well, not super far. Was it 2059? Year 2059. We might still be alive during that time. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. Um, and it's in London, but 
this this organization called Scion has taken over like the world and she's clairvoyant and she is able to do this thing called dreamwalking where she works for a crime syndicate and breaks into people's minds when they're sleeping. No thanks. That's terrifying. And she stops breathing and she has to be like on like life support equipment when this happens. <laughs> yeah. But because she's clairvoyant, she is like illegal. Like she's her existence is breaking the law. So she gets caught and sent to Oxford. Um which is like nobody ever comes back from Oxford. It's like a prison camp. And she in it ends up being run by these like otherworldly beings that she realizes are actually running all of society now. Yeah, you read the weirdest books. <laughs> it's so good though. And then so um the like you know, the arc of the book is her trying to get back to the city to be like, heads up, there's aliens running our society. <laughs> um and it's really good and um the the, like, clairvoyance is really interesting because there's, like, there's levels of clairvoyance and who is more powerful than what and who has more power in the crime syndicates. And it's super intricate and good. And it's long. And I'm sad that it's seven books because I, like, on a, I DNF the third one and I was like, I'll come back to you when all of you are out so that I can read them because I didn't want to... You don't like to wait. I don't like to wait. I like to have the whole story in my hands at once. Yeah. That's... What? It's so good. It's. I believe you. I do. I really do. I just. I'm trying to wrap my head around it all, um, as I try and move on to this third fantasy book I'm recommending, <laughs> and this one here, I'm recommending because this book is just plain fun. This whole series is a great fun mystery, and it's the Dresden Files. And the first one is Stormfront, goes on to Foul Moon and Grave Peril. And a bunch of other ones. There are Summer like night. 16 of them. And they're, he's not done. No. They're, we're, they're not going to be done until I'm in my mid-30s. <laughs> which is insane. And it's about a private eye wizard named Harry Dresden who solves crimes that of the supernatural in Chicago. And this first one opens up with people being murdered by having their chest cavities ripped open and their hearts literally taken from their chest. And they're like, there's no way this could actually physically happen. We need help. So the Chicago Police Department, where there's Murphy, who's my favorite, uh, Murphy and Molly. You don't get Molly till the sixth book, too, though. Um, I've cosplayed as Molly. You can check out my Instagram for that. It's fun. Um, and so it's just hilarious. Harry Dresden has such a great voice. And the world he constructs, like, there's three different levels, three different types of vampire. There's three different types of vampires. There's the ghosts. He brings in religion into it and, like, the Knights of the Templar and those the fae oh my gosh the fae are nuts the whole fourth book is where you introduce into them and there's more oh my gosh it's insane it's so good and the reason that i put it on this list is because of the fun elements of it yeah it's intense and yeah it there's adult language and scenes and whatever and all the characters are older save for molly but i don't care it's so <laughs> it's so youthful in the tone of the book for the majority of the time. And again, it has that same idea of this, a lot that we find in fantasies of this one central character saving the world. Yeah. It, it's that same sense that YA has taken since Harry Potter and ran with. So my fourth book is The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. And... Which is also on my list to read. Yeah, because it's it's been really hyped over the past few years and it came out in 2000 wow 2011 yeah 
It didn't hit its stride, though, for, like, a couple uh, years. Like, when it hit paperback is when it soared. Yeah. It, when it hit hardcover on the first time around, it was not great, but then it hit paperback, and people loved it. Yeah, so the premise of this book is... You can tell I work at a bookstore. <laughs> the premise of this book is that there is this circus that appears only at night and only for, like, a day, and then it's gone, as if by magic. Um, and at the center of this mystical circus are these two wizards, these two magicians, one female and one male, who have been trained since they were children, like infants almost, to battle each other, and this, the one who reigns supreme wins. Oh, oh, let me guess. They fall in love. Of course they fall in love. How did you know? Ah, oh, because it's like the crowns game. Except that the reason they're battling is because their masters made a wager. So it's it's these two master magicians who create have a wager that they say, my champion will beat your champion. And they're literal children when they make this wager. And wow. so they're in the circus, and their competition is who can create the most fantastic, or it kind of manifests as who can create the most fantastic show show for the circus. It's very good. They fall in love. Um, yeah. Things fate, happen. Fate stuff. But it's really good. It's historical, so it's set in, like, what would be, like, the 1800s. Um, and the people who attend the show don't know that it's real magic. And then there's also the, all the stories of, like, the other people in, in the, the circus. circus. It's very well written. That's cool. And it's short, which is nice. And standalone. Yes, Which I don't is. read very often. No, you don't. <laughs> um, one that I'm putting on here that is not a fantasy is Girls in White Dresses. And the reason I have this book on here is, again, it's like that 20-something era. Because ever since you, like, get out of high school you go to all your friends' weddings. Like, everybody starts getting married, and it's like, for the next ten years, you will be having to go to weddings. Plus. Ten years plus, you'll be having to go to weddings. And this book is about three young women who all their friends are getting married around them, and it's like all the weddings they have to go to. And it's very Sex in the City-esque. But again, it has that youthful feel, because some of them are, like, right out of school, and some of them are like, I'm in love with this man, and it's like, oh, no, wait, I might actually like this girl. Or it's like, you know, this just journey of these three women and their love lives and I found it hilarious and why I think it's a crossover is because it's a great contemporary crossover yeah. especially if you're looking for something that you love YA contemporary you love that like mac and cheese read but you're wanting something that's a little bit more sophisticated a little bit older without like going to like Sophie Kinsella or something don't get me wrong I love me a good Sophie Kinsella book <laughs> but it still has some heart to it that isn't super cheesy and it has a great message that I think is hilarious and nobody's examined this idea of oh my gosh so many weddings except I feel unless like it's been examined in film right but not, but not as been, much right because you think of like 27 dresses or something and you know weddings are overdone but not in books so much right or maybe not in the books that we read but this one I found hilarious I want to make it into a TV show hardcore I think it'd be a hilarious TV show called girls in white dresses about like all the mishaps of weddings <laughs> and like 20 somethings in their own lives and it'd be great it's a fun book yeah, well, you know I'm not going to give you contemporary. My fifth book is obviously still a fantasy book because that's my life. But, um, so my fifth book, it, the actual title is uh, The Final Empire, and the series title is Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson, but most people just know these books as Mistborn. I have a confession. I haven't read this. I'm not surprised you haven't read this. Everybody keeps telling me I need to read this book. I have not read a single Brandon Sanderson novel. I've never, ever read Sanderson. This is my first Brandon Sanderson, so... Okay. 
It's very good. Um, it's a young protagonist. That's, I feel like I'm, like, a Sanderson virgin or something. Like, going to an AA meeting is a like Sanderson are, virgin he meeting. He has a lot of books, and it's like... Yeah, but I haven't even read his YA series. Calamity. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't read his YA series either. Yeah. Somebody tell us if Brandon Sanderson's YA series is good. Yeah, please let us know. I'm anxious <laughs> to figure it out. Um, but Mistborn is a... Um, it's interesting. It's a, it's a young woman who's probably... I think she's, like, maybe 18 or 19. She's young. So magic... The way it's... Okay, so it's metal argy. So it's metal-based magic. Yes. In okay. order to have... I mean, you have to have, like, a certain... Like, you have to be able to use magic, first of all. Right. But then, in order to use magic, you ingest metal. You, like, swallow it. So mm-hmm. they, like, keep it in these little vials on their belts. Um, in order, And then, whenever you do that, it gives you the power to manipulate metal. So it's not, like... It's magic, but it's also kind of not, because it's very specific. So there's one instance where I'm thinking of where she drops a co- you drop a coin on the ground, like a literal coin, and you swallow this stuff, and then she can push herself up into the air from the coin, because she's... So part of it is, like, oh, they're, like, throwing... Cool. They have these little metal discs that they, like, throw everywhere to, like, move themselves around, and it's very cool. Um, it's, like, a whole life-and-death empire struggle... Uh, there's only supposed to be... There's not supposed to be any more um, people who can do magic, of course. But it's a trilogy... I thought there was, like, five. Yeah, yeah it seems wrong. I said it as soon as I said it. I was like, that sounds wrong. It's definitely... The protagonist is young. It's very action-packed. And it's a really cool magic system. So that's just why sounds I, cool. I wreck it, yeah. Um, my last one that I'm going to recommend is actually a nonfiction book. It's kind of a memoir, and it's written by two women called Graduates in Wonderland. And it's about these women um, talking about the next couple of years after graduating from college. And I loved this book because it was about, like, their emails that they sent back and forth to each other. And they even said at the beginning there's this preface where it's like, by the way, this these include, like, the most important emails. These do not include the emails where we talked about watching... Gossip Girl for hours on end and eating ice cream because it was the only thing left in our fridge. And I loved that, and I loved the honesty between these two women. I loved the fact that they were such good friends and had such great insights of, like, finding jobs and finding love and trying to figure out where they want to live and what they want to do. And I feel like that's really important, even for high schoolers. And that's why I feel like that... it's something I am passionate about, about breaking this illusion that once you get out of college, it's all going to work out. Yes. Because that's not going to happen. <laughs> and that's why I feel like this book is really important because it takes these women years to figure it out. And even still, they talk about that they're still figuring it out. And I just love that these women, and it's a diverse book too. And I just feel like that young adults should read this book because it's also entertaining. Like, it's funny. They lament about some of the dumbest things, but you're like, oh yeah, I've done that. Or, you know, but then some serious things happen. Like, one gets in a really serious car accident, and she talks about the recovery from that, but then she talks about the check that she got from that, and like, what she's gonna do with that money, and she's like, I gotta pay off student loans, but I also kind of want to take a trip to London. And it's like, you know, what do you do? But it's so honest, because it is their emails. Right. Um, And I I really enjoyed that. So that's, that's my nonfiction pick in there. Well, and I think that's great because I think as, like, as when I was coming out of high school, there was this illusion that I was supposed to know what I wanted to do. I was supposed to know how I was going to do that. And that's just unrealistic. And then it's still unrealistic coming out of college. Like, you don't, you may have a better idea of what you want to do coming out of college, but you don't know how to do it. No. So, yeah, so I think that's really great because 
I, I think it's it's important for people to know that, that feeling doesn't go away. No. You don't you don't just one day wake up and you're like, huh, now I'm a real adult. And I understand how things work. <laughs> that never no, happens. No, it doesn't. And, like, talking to my mom about it, even, I've been like, when does that happen? And she's like, it literally never happens. <laughs> right, and that's why I thought, like, this book was so important and why it's a great crossover. Because, yeah, technically it's going to be shelved in memoir biography for adults. Yeah. It's not going to be in your JF section. Or your YA section. But I feel like it's a book that should definitely be given to, like, high school seniors or college seniors and just be like, hey, read this book because it's very honest. And it's not, like, post-grad, which was stupid and, like, first world problems. Like, these girls had some serious, like, issues that happened. And it, yeah, I just feel like it was important and really good. And so that's why I stuck it on this list. Love it. So we would love to hear from you guys if you have any books that you think that are technically classified as adult, but yeah. that YA readers could read and that really cross over really well because it's something that I think maybe we'll talk about in another podcast too, about this idea of adults reading YA. Because it happens. Adults are a large part of the market, but that doesn't mean that you close yourself off to YA or adult books just because you technically fall into one age category or the other. And so that's what we're trying to promote here of hey, you can branch out and read some adult books too. And here are some ones that are great for transition or great for, you know, readers who enjoy YA. Yeah, and we might do a follow-up to this one with crossovers from juvenile fiction too. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of juvenile fiction books that read older than their intended audience. Or at least that, you know, me as a 20-something, I still get stuff out of them. Yeah, me too. And I think YA readers deserve to be to be treated like they are allowed to have diversity in their reading list. Exactly. And not just because when you say to someone that you like YA does not mean that you're juvenile, does not mean that you're immature, and does not mean that you're not willing to grow up or grow down to read or certain books. branch out. Branch out, exactly. And uh, we both have diverse reading lists in terms of, you know, age groups and in terms of genre to an extent. And that was a jab. I was teasing. <laughs> I just got a glare. I just got such a good look. I have. I can classify all the different subgenres of fantasy I read. That's great, and that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. But you you should be given that right. And so we just wanted to give some tools and some great books. Um, we'll have this all listed on our website at yya.weebly.com. Follow us on social media, and uh, if you could click that five stars for us on iTunes, that'd be awesome. Um, so if you like what you heard. Give us a nice little rating there. Comment on our social media or on our website. We'd love to hear from you. Seriously, if you have any books you want to add to this list, let us know. Yeah, definitely. And we have gotten some ratings on you uh, on iTunes, and it's been really great. Um, we're actually coming up in a lot more searches now, so more thank people you. will hear us. Thank you, thank you, thank so you. So thank you for everyone who's already rated us. Yes, we really appreciate it. So keep it up. Um, feel free to comment on the iTunes podcast, too, and tell us, you know, we like this. That's all you have to say. Yeah, no, no negative. No, no negative. Why would we, we just... want that? <laughs> no negative. Okay, I'm done. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's all we have for you guys today. Yep, that's it. Great. I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. No, go read the thing. <laughs> <laughs>